welcome back to TBI Expert View. Our focused discussions on the evolving world of global VAT. If you missed the previous installments of TBI Expert View, don't worry, all the episodes have been uploaded onto our Taxback International website. Or if you prefer, you can search for TBI Expert View podcast and listen to it on your favorite podcast streaming service. Now today on TBI Expert View, Lisa Dowling will be joined by Taxback International's Global Director, VAT Compliance and Advisory, Barbara Barczyk. Barbara and Lisa will be discussing the considerations that any business should be making before outsourcing their tax return processes. As the lack of uniformity in global digitalization has led to an increased need for both expertise and technology within compliance teams. Barbara discusses the hidden challenges that may blindside a company as they explore their options. Over to you both, Barbara and Lisa. Hello everyone and welcome again to the TBI Expert View. In this session today, we're going to discuss in more detail outsourcing for VAT compliance. We're talking with Barbara Barkchik. Barbara is our Senior VAT Compliance Advisor with many years experience working in VAT compliance with Big Four, assisting businesses in their own outsourcing journeys. So Barbara, hello and welcome to the TBI Expert View. So we're going to jump straight in to talk about outsourcing for VAT compliance because it's a, it's a topic that raises its head quite often, especially considering uh, the ongoing reporting changes uh, that are faced by businesses as we move to tax digitalization. Great question, Lisa. Once in a while, a company will reach a crossroads of whether to keep up their in-house indirect tax expertise or outsource their tax return preparation process. The main pro for outsourcing is a sort of obvious cost reduction. In fact, these elements drive the whole conversation. However, as we shall see, there are lots more respect to the process to consider than simply cost. Facts can be easily built up around the topic of cost reduction. You can calculate the cost per full-time employee, the tax engine licensing fee elimination, and add some other additional cost elements and two, and then bam, there is D number black and white to support the outsourcing case. But then the question arises, which service provider to choose? Moreover, what should be the scope of the service? Things can become even more complicated when you realize that just one Google search away, there are plenty of highly qualified service providers, and each one of these can offer the widest range of taxpayer services you could imagine. Absolutely. And I suppose there's so much to it to decide to outsource and, and you know whether to use an outsource provider. And so what should be done to ensure the business uh, are getting the right outsource service? First of all, we need to be clear about the company's intention. What is the main goal and what are the secondary ones? We then need to align the various stakeholders' priorities regarding the outsourcing project and to be brutally honest. This includes assessing the internal capabilities of the company to achieve its goals. If we are struggling to understand the motivation, we can also use some supporting question to structure the thinking process. Questions such as, how would we define success around the outsourcing project? What would it give it to our company that we currently do, don't have? It is the language skills, the security, the people, the country expertise. Is it purely connected to keeping all statutory deadlines and having visibility about the status of each return? Is this information immediately accessible from everywhere? For example, through an app. Is this about freeing up the time of the in-house indirect tax team to support more complex advisory projects across the whole group? 
Is this about dealing with the heavy legwork around the incomplete and inaccurate data? Is this about finding a way within the fragmented organization? Or is this rather about decreasing the exposure of the company to the fluctuation within the compliance team? Or it could be more about supporting the decision-making process of other departments and on the management level with underlying relevant statistical analysis. Or in very special cases, is this about adjusting and standardizing various ARP system and the related compliance processes after a merger or after an acquisition? In the case, the answer is a combination of one or more elements. The priority list should be created. This can set expectation of the future service provider to drive the conversation. Yeah, there's so many questions to be asked and, and so many questions to, to go through to establish, you know, what's the need behind outsourcing in order to identify then the correct service provider. So once intentions and priorities are clear then, what is the next step for businesses going down the route of outsourcing? Once the priority list is agreed, Lisa, with all the relevant stakeholders, the company should look into its internal capabilities of supporting the service provider, at least for the onboarding period. It would be naive to think that there is a magical solution out there that would quickly solve all problems from the company side around compliance, even if it's advertised as such. Depending on the size of the company and the complexity of the transaction, this period of cooperation might last anywhere from two to six months. For global engagement, that might be onboarded in phases, even for a year or beyond, with the dedicated support of the project team from the company side. This is reality. This is a long journey, but there's a many benefits at the end. This is why it is so important to select the right service provider for you. A quick rush transition will often result in more time spent later answering compliance questions that were overlooked in the beginning. You should be glad of those incisive questions at the start because vague interpretation on tax code and transaction flows can easily result in incorrect reports and work case scenario penalties. Therefore, I would suggest choosing a service provider that properly plans and manages the onboarding processes and carefully consider the knowledge transfer and data analysis. Also an onboarding process where mutual sign-off ensure both parties have a clear understanding of the scope of the work and the roles and the responsibilities during the ongoing compliance is crucial. Absolutely. It, it, at implementation, it really is about managing expectations and understanding the, the needs, but just also giving all stakeholders enough time to make sure that uh, a solution is implemented correctly. And so once you have identified the list of relevant service providers for outsourcing that you might look to use um, and have looked at the implementation process, what other considerations should be made? Before moving on to the happily ever after ongoing compliance services with our chosen one, let's step back a bit beyond the primary and the secondary motivation of the company and beyond the team capabilities to support the transition project, we need to post another question. How will our organization structure look like after the transitional period? Will it be a strongly centralized tax team with the local finance support? In that case, the classic end-to-end -end compliance process might suit the best. This is where the data is provided by the company or even extracted directly out of the ARP system with API solution if the security measures allow you to do so. Preparation is done by the service provider while approval is kept with the centralized tax team. This ensures the transparent overview. Needless to say, that under this scenario, country VAT expertise and even various foreign language capability is essential from the service provider. 
it often comes as a surprise, especially for overseas companies, that even within the European Union, language presents one of the main barriers for dealing with tax issues. You might even consider a post-transition organizational structure with limited finance function as well. And you will be not the only one. Recently, there's a growing demand, especially amongst multinational companies, for a much wider scope for compliance services, replicating in some elements both the in-house tax and the finance function. Preparing GR reconciliation and additional working tables, supporting the finance team, and completing journal posting templates as a closing element of the process. By VAT return preparation is falling down due to the basic logic of the indirect tax system and local special rules. The extra steps around GR reconciliation and journal postings, for example, requires some finance knowledge as well. Choosing such an extensive compliance service, the company should make sure that apart from the VAT knowledge, the service provider has been proven to have a solid level of accountancy experience as well. Preferably, compliance team members should have in-house background too. On the other spectrum, with a more mature organization, it might be that only some data checks is needed to support the in-house return preparation process. A service provider with expertise of an advisory nature might be required here. They can effectively scan the transitional flows of the company to come up with the entity-specific reporting rules and drive efficiency and completeness in the return preparation process. A dedicated IT team on hand too will ensure a quick development and flexibility around regulatory changes and switch system configuration in line with the changes in the scope, namely adding or excluding entities from the platform. The trend proves that boutique advisory firms have recently built up expertise and have started to become real competitors to the big four companies in configuring tax engine functionalities. For example, XCPS for HANA and for various tax determination tools in cooperation with the in-house project team. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so it really comes back to what does outsourcing mean to the company and, and what kind of service provider they, they need to support the, their, their VAT function, at what stage of development they are at. And so what other considerations should be made when choosing a service provider for an outsource solution then? Once the primary and the secondary goals are identified, the internal capabilities of the company are clear and the projected organization structure is understood. This will lead to a shortlisting of the most promising candidate. At this point, we should consider the followings. Process-driven compliance. The ideal service provider should have a clear standardized processes around compliance and around updating the tax technology platform. This should include building safeguards and control points described in detail and shared. On the other hand, though, beyond the standardized approach, reasonable flexibility should be present to adapt to the continuously changing legal and economic environment. Fostering innovation, that's also a very, very important point. It might be good to launch a conversation about recent technology development of the service provider or even about the future roadmap if it could be disclosed. But even a retrospective journey, for example, about the development of the templates or the dashboard solution could give a reasonable hint about their actual in-house development capability. Possibility to extend the scope in terms of the onboarding new countries. Deadline-driven process management tool is used to manage external statutory deadlines and internal process steps. File structure should be clear and data security measures are applied to avoid data loss. 
newsletter, blogs, reflecting the local compliance expertise of the company, providing insightful and practical compliance-related information instead of just general headlines. Advisory capabilities should be also available if needed. Should be going hand-in-hand -hand with professional integrity in judgment calls on compliance and VAT-related matters. The team is reasonably stable. However, knowledge retention is ensured in other ways as well, like in a form of master files. The last element I would like to finally highlight here is that is unversely underestimated, I believe, is the human factor. At the end of the day, the company will have to work with these people in close cooperation for the upcoming years. They are going to be the ones you must rely during challenging times, having your back and supporting you to prove your decision internally. So in one way or another, beyond all cost reduction, procedural safeguards and country expertise, what we are engaging here is becoming one team and we should rather not forget about this fact. This is why cost reduction might be the main driver for outsourcing the compliance services, but should never be the only one to consider. Absolutely. People power and uh, alongside tax technology <laughs> and see what it can achieve. We hope you have enjoyed this discussion today and are now better equipped to choose the right service provider. Remember that by asking the right question from the beginning and being clear about your company's intentions, you can save your company both time and money overall. Thank you for joining me and Lisa on TBI Expert View. Thanks, Barbara.